0: It's on so, ice, it's right like, though.
1: I don't we don't have ice. We don't have an ice maker and we don't like have bags of ice. You don't have ice? Ice! Ice to meet you. Ice to meet you. You don't have okay. an ice you don't have ice trays in your freezer? No. Should we do that? Sarah, should we have ice trays?
0: We should get ice trays.
1: We used to have ice trays, and I think maybe How? one of us found that a little bit trashy and so throw them out. No,
0: no, no, no. I don't know. I feel like I just got kind of gross after a
1: while. (laughs) (laughs) You immediately (laughs) backtrack. Okay, I'm gonna leave now. You guys have fun. (laughs) Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie, and I am Jeff Glover. And today we're talking minute eighty five of Predator. Minute eighty five, you could call the Antonio Gates of minutes.
0: Hmm. Uh,
1: one of the best tight ends to play the game. Yeah, I was. I thought you were going to go like fantasy tight ends to play the game, <laughs> right? Yeah, we've all also owned him on our fantasy teams. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you also have Jack Youngblood, which I don't know if there's a better name in all of humanity than Jack Youngblood. 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 I want to hear Bill Duke say Youngblood. Oh, Youngblood. <laughs> you he carve your name into him. He's going to say Jack Youngblood.
0: So wait, who was Jack Youngblood? I don't know who that is.
1: Oh, I'm glad you asked that, Jeff, <laughs> because I am highlighting his name. Hmm. And I am uh, copy and pasting <laughs> Searching like a young blood maniac. <clears throat> Glad you asked. Jack Youngblood is a Hall of uh, Jack Youngblood is a Hall of Fame player who played his whole career with the Los Angeles Rams, the Rams of Los Angeles, mm, like the old time Los Angeles Rams. Not the yeah, current- we're talking 1971 Rams. to 1984 as a defensive end. 71 to 84. Yeah, Yeah, that's a long career in the NFL. Yeah, especially for a defensive end for a frontline player like. For sure. That's a pretty high-demanding position there in football. Yeah. Good for you, Jack Youngblood. He played a whopping 202 games, starting 188 of those games with a whopping 151.5 quarterback sacks.
0: That's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good.
1: Pretty, 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 pretty good little uh, Predator connection. He was the vice president, then president of the Orlando Predators from 1995 until 1999. The Orlando Predators were an arena football team based in Orlando. Hmm. Wow. Nice. Orlando Predators. Did you ever watch uh, arena football?
0: I, shit. I don't know know if I ever actually have watched arena football or ever did watch arena football back in the day
1: okay yeah did you uh yeah i would catch it on um espn 2 the the dose if you will (laughs) the dose it's it's highly entertaining high scoring and like people are just constantly moving like before it's kind of like nfl blitz basically right (laughs) (laughs) minus the body slams afterwards (laughs) yeah there might have been a few of those but like all sort of like Tackling into the wall and like, yeah, yeah, the kickoffs going through the uprights for points. I believe
0: I, I just envision it always looking like the football scene in Starship Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that?
1: No, I don't. But Johnny Rico her. does
0: like a front flip into the end zone, or oh, one sure. of the characters does. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, yeah, just, there are people out oh.
1: there right now that are going, Yes, that's exactly yes. right. So just imagine football in the Starship Troopers universe, and mm-hmm. you'll know what arena football's like. There it is. Did you ever accidentally uh, flip
0: on or or run into like Australian rules football?
1: Uh, I have, and it's still confusing. I do Super, like the guys yeah. who come out and point after. Um, <laughs>
0: That's something what I was about to say. Like there's a <laughs> lot it's sort of a cross between football and soccer and rugby. And uh, but I always like the guys that come out and they do the double point thing. <laughs> so yes. I remember. Yeah.
1: Finger guns. That finger play gun. deserves a finger guns.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. I love how that was an official thing. Like <laughs>
1: finger guns. <laughs> what would be
0: your um gesture to add as a referee to a sport? Oh, like a double middle finger or
1: something? <laughs> <laughs> I think I would do the vanilla ice, the VIP, which is oh. it's basically you make your middle finger and ring finger into a V and then you fold down your pinky and your index fingers. If you can't tell, wow. I'm doing it right now.
0: <laughs> nice. That, that's a good call.
1: <laughs> and that would mean five points because of the V.
0: <laughs> well done. Thanks. No, my double right. middle finger would just be maybe for like a flagrant foul or something. Oh, you're yeah. Middle, then no, oh, you're in the penalty box or what?
1: F you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have some other players. I'll just run down uh, at number eighty-five. Uh, this minute is the Chad Ocho Cinco
0: mm. minutes. Chad Ochocinco also was on many fantasy teams about 15 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Until he kind of lost his mind and started in his own reality show, right? Yeah. Do you think if Chad Ochocinco was in The Predator, he would take a marker out of his sock and sign The Predator's corpse when you beat him?
1: <laughs> I thought that was Terrell
0: Owens. Oh, was that T.O.? Damn it. Yeah, wrong against wide receiver. Right? Yeah, wrong wide receiver. My bad. Uh, Scratch that. But he everybody.
1: and... Terrell were friends, I believe, and I think their yeah. reality show was a joint one. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Chad Johnson, who changed his name to Ocho Cinco because mm-hmm. he wore the number 85. And of course, if you know Spanish, Ocho Cinco <laughs> just means 8-5. Right. Versus Ochenta Cinco, which would be the correct last mm-hmm. name to give himself. But who cares? You do you, Chad. Yeah. You do you, Chad. Uh, Nick Buonaconte, a Hall mm. of Famer. Art Monk, a Hall of Famer, and the best name of the list I think is Rayfield Big Cat Wright, another <laughs> Hall of Famer. All these old players with their badass nicknames. I know, like Crazy Legs, Big Cat, the Mad
0: Stork, Mad Stork, Big yeah. Cat. Yeah, like it's just a, a zoo out there of, of <laughs> animal nicknames. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, pork chop Womack. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if I'm playing football or having dinner. <laughs> man, I feel like we've wasted enough of the listeners' time. Let's talk minute 85. Minute 85 Let's opens with Dutch pouring some black powder into a leaf, and it ends with Dutch rubbing mud all over his face. Mm. All over that face.
0: Well, we have broken this minute up into three distinct parts, correct? Correct, three parts. Yeah, and it's pretty obvious when you watch this minute as to why. So we'll cover the first part here real quick, which is only about nine seconds long. And this is really just Dutch finishing up, carrying over from last minute. Uh, p- pouring out uh, the black powder from his uh, little, I don't know, grenade charges. Yes. Um, pouring that black powder out into some leaves and he's wrapping the leaf around the powder. And uh, we just get a quick shot of that and then the, the shot fades away and, and we'll talk about what it fades to in a moment. But uh, I don't know, not a whole lot to talk about here. We kind of mentioned the him taking the black powder out of these charges last episode, but
1: did you have anything to add for this piece? Uh, the only note I had for this first part was... <laughs> This is the first time I ever thought about him pouring black powder, very flammable explosive black powder, uh, next to a fire, near a fire. You can hear the fire crackling, you can see the firelight, and he's pouring it right next to it. And, you know, hopefully he's following Boy Scout code and pouring his explosives into a leaf uh, far (laughs) enough away from the fire, not to cause an explosion and alert the predator or blow himself up in the process.
0: Yeah, you know, one errant spark and Mm -hmm. he's going to lose his hand, so I I hope he... (laughs) Turned his back to the fire here. Mac, 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 Mac. Um. Well, I think we covered that piece. Do you want to just move on to the
1: second part here? On to the second part. Okay.
0: All right. After after these initial nine seconds, we fade out and fade back in. I think this is kind of the kind of funnest part of this minute. We fade in and we see uh, a side view, right? Kind of of the torso of the predator sitting next to what this kind of leather-like cloth. And he pulls the cloth up, revealing three skulls sitting right next to it. Three skulls. Three skulls and pristine skulls, like cleaned, um, not a speck of blood on there. Some beautiful human skulls. Uh, He picks up one of the skulls and kind of does this little finger thing where he traces his finger across the brow of the skull in kind of a creepy sort of almost like he's almost a romantic way. I don't know how to describe it, but uh, drags his finger across that skull and then uh, we fade out to the next portion of the minute here. So. Let's uh, let's uh, sit here with this predator for a moment. What is going on here, John? Three skulls.
1: Yeah, I mean, for, first off, the first thing I notice, and I didn't write this on my notes, but he is really scantily clad. This predator really He has is. a tiny bit of a of a gut, which I appreciate. <laughs> right, keep it keeping uh, realistic hunters in mind when they uh, design the predator. Like he's, he's just wearing a lot of fishnet along the fishnet. He's also. Um, I don't know, slinging a few skulls on a little lanyard around his body, like little tiny skulls, and yeah, who knows what those skulls are? And and there's one that looks kind of like a bird skull with the string going through the eyes. Mm.
0: You wonder if these are skulls from other planets, smaller beings that he has taken. (laughs)
1: Which is hilarious to me to for me to think that he's killing off like these little mammal and bird like things and keeping their skulls It's like ah there's like a, a Mexican porcupine or whatever that was called back right. in the, it's like why would you keep that skull man that's <laughs> it's just that's like a nuisance not not even a, an opponent <laughs> yeah. I have to agree with you here.
0: I do like how they make sure the predator is uh body positive. You know, he's just, he's got his little gut there. Um, yeah. Also quite muscular. And, uh, and yeah, the predator is uh, he, I think he likes to get a little freaky. He's got all these fishnets on, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's just uh, his, his comfort clothing there. Maybe that's his uh, nighttime predator wear. <laughs> that's his
1: pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> his pajamas is fishnet. <laughs> he still has the gauntlet on, though. He still has his little, uh, whatever, doohickeys on the arm. Uh, do
0: you think any of these skulls are from any of our friends on the jungle
1: team? Oh, yeah, of course. I think they're all jungle team uh, friends. I think specifically he picks up, picks up the middle skull because it looks like it has about the same tooth arrangement as we see later in his hand. But if I'm going to go right to left, I'm going to guess... <laughs> Pretty obviously, Mac with the giant hole in the uh, uh, top of the skull. Mac, Mac! Uh, on the far right. Uh, on the far left, it looks like that skull has a hole in the. I guess his right skull, his right side of the skull. Um, I think if that's anybody, that's well, it's kind of weird because if we call that Ponchito, who we know took a shot of laser to the side of the head, we didn't see any kind of exit wound. But if he had had an exit graphic. Wound, then it would look something like that with the hole in the side of the head. And the middle one, the one I think he picks up, I mean, it has to be either Billy or Blaine. I don't think it's Hawkins. I don't think Hawkins was worthy of collecting. Yeah,
0: I was going to guess Billy or Blaine there too. Yeah,
1: and I think it's Billy. If, if it's anybody, I think it's Billy because of how Billy just stood face to face with. Yeah,
0: and he kind of does the little finger rub here. What I I kind of took this to sort of symbolize that he's just sort of infatuated with collecting these hunting trophies. And for whatever reason, this might be one of his prized possessions here. Um, Mm. Did you interpret this in a different way at all?
1: No, I think he's just like any other collector. I happen to collect shoes and sometimes (laughs) I look, I gaze lovingly at my shoes, (laughs) maybe not quite so passionately.
0: Oh come on! You you pick it up and you rub your finger across the top of it.
1: Yeah, and I I, I think like oh that's that's a nice that's a nice uh, setup there. That's a nice uh, <laughs> couple eye holes there or whatever you think about shoes. <laughs> mm. Yeah, um, I can see it. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's he's very much uh prizing this trophy, prizing this skull. Yeah, I, know what, I have to. I have to wonder what he's thinking. What do you think he's thinking? I think he's thinking about collecting one more. Mm.
0: He's lo- looking at these skulls longingly, and uh, I think he's thinking about adding one
1: more to that collection. Which is exactly the collector's mindset. The collector's mindset is always, "Man, this is such a nice collection." You know, I have like a couple other items in mind too to really complete the collection. You, the secret is to collecting; you never actually complete the collection. That's true. Yeah. It, there's no such thing. I, I was a bit of a collector when I
0: was younger. I uh, and I had to, well, I collected music mostly. Mm-hmm. I had a massive, well, uh, maybe massive is too big of a word, but I had a pretty big CD collection when I was a teenager and then mm-hmm. into my early late teens, early 20s. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I transitioned, and for a long time I was collecting vinyl. And mm-hmm. I still have probably like... 300, 350 vinyl records up in my upstairs closet that I've never gotten rid of. But, um, once you start collecting something, it it gets, it can get obsessive because you're right. Like as soon as you buy something for your collection, your immediate thought is what's the next thing I'm going to get. Yep. And, uh, it's why I, uh, there's a lot of people online and a lot of the movie people that I follow on Twitter and stuff that are big proponents of physical media. And I think that's awesome. And they're, it's cool to see all these big collections, but I decided a long time ago that I was not going to start collecting bl- Blu-rays, like physical media Blu-rays, because it would <laughs> yeah. just turn into uh, a, a never-ending obsession and it would cost me too much money. <laughs> and oh, I don't yeah. think my wife would be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just do everything digitally, stream things. and
1: All right. Yeah. good, Good strategy there. Yeah. yeah. On the collecting yeah. side of things. Uh, I made a couple notes. Uh, One was the way he holds the skull. A lot of times, the way he holds the skull really reminds me of how Chewie is looking at C-3PO's disembodied head in Mm. Empire Strikes Back when Chewie finds C-3PO totally disassembled as he had been shot by who knows what, a stormtrooper or another droid kind of off screen. Mm. And Chewie finds his body parts, brings it back to their little apartment there in Cloud City and is... Mm looking at the skull pretty intently and you don't know what he's thinking because he doesn't speak English and he doesn't even say anything in that scene. Good yeah. job finding a Star Wars connection. You're good hey, at that. Thanks. <laughs> hey,
0: uh, I stretched it a little bit. I happen to watch a lot of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Thanks. Um, I noticed in the notes you you mentioned a, a Shakespearean connection or resemblance here. And, and I had thought of that too or just sort of thought about like the... You know, the classic Shakespearean picture of the character holding a skull in his hand. Yes. Yeah. You are, you are the English teacher.
1: Uh, do you want to elaborate? I've never taught Shakespeare, but um, back in my uh, student days, it was definitely my favorite of the Shakespeare plays, Hamlet, where in uh, Act 5, Scene 1, so we're in the last Act! 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 Art, uh, of the play um, a, a lot of this is if you know your hamlet you know your tragedy and layouts you know that things are pushing towards a grim ending but uh, in this kind of grim almost comedic scene uh, hamlet is coming across the skull of a former royal jester mm. when his dad was king and he gives a, a little speech and i'll plug in David Tennant of Doctor Who fame uh, reading the lines because he does a fantastic job of it and it's kind of like a modernized version of it too which is nice mm. this skull sir was uh, Yorick's skull the king's jester this
0: he and that let me see Yes. poor Yorick I knew him or I show. a fellow of infinite jest Of most excellent fancy, he hath borne me on his back a thousand times. And now, how abhorred
1: in my imagination it is. My gorge rises at it. Uh, But there's a lot of analysis that goes into what a character is thinking when they're holding a skull. Um, some, Some people would analyze this scene as Hamlet, or in this case, the predator thinking about mortality um, or thinking about who this person was in a past life. Um, It could be a reference to someone who used to be alive, who the audience is supposed to relate to uh, in the Shakespearean era, era, era. Uh, This would have been possibly a Elizabethan, Elizabethan comedian named Richard Tarleton, Hmm. um, who Shakespeare would have known through, Comedic performances, uh, and of course, in this movie Predator, we're thinking about the team members and how the Predator is just collecting them one by one, like like a hunter, like a hunter, like a hunter.
0: Like a you hunter. know, if my English teacher had connected Shakespeare to Predator, I would have paid a <laughs> lot more attention in class. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I, th- I think when I teach it, I would have to show a little scene of a Predator holding a skull for sure. Of course. Yeah. I think it's now mandatory viewing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's how you connect to the kids these days. You show something a little modern, a little Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> Can Arnold do Shakespeare lines? <laughs> sure. He would say, he would say what I have it written right here. Alas, poor Billy. I knew him. A fellow of Infinite Jazz. fellow Fancy. Yeah. And it goes on kind of like that. And people are like, man, this is taking forever because right. <laughs> he has not memorized his lines. He's just reading off <laughs> the script. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh my gosh, everybody. I can't believe that Jeff and I were talking about Arnold and Hamlet. And for some reason that night when I was recording that with Jeff, it just did not instantly come to me that, Arnold had that Hamlet bit in Last Action Hero, which is one of my all-time favorite Arnold moments in film, when he's in the little black-and-white fake movie that uh, Danny is watching in the theater, and he's doing all the action bits and a couple of the lines uh, from Hamlet. So I'm just going to go ahead and plug that in here in the middle of the podcast. Uh, So enjoy the Arnold-Hamlet connection. And so he goes to heaven. Don't talk, just do it. Do the same villain send to heaven? Hey, Claudius,
0: you killed my father. Big mistake. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. And Hamlet is taking out the trash. Stay thy hand, fair prince. Who said I'm fair? No one's going to tell this sweet prince good night. To be... Oh, not to be. Not to be.
1: (laughs) Good old Arnold.
0: All right. uh, Where are we at here? Are we moving on to the third part? Yeah, take us to the third part. Okay, so after we hang out with the predator uh, and his skulls, we fade once again back to Dutch at his little camp.
1: Back.
0: Back. Back. And here we get some gratuitous mud application. Mm -hmm. We have a sort of slow-moving camera from right to left, and Dutch is applying mud to all parts of his face, his cheeks, nose, uh, up on his forehead. And uh, we really, he's really mean mugging here. Like, he's getting his kind of game face on, his battle face, and... uh, I have a couple questions about this, but I guess that brings the, the minute to a close right there. Um, so the and th- this is the whole second half of the minute. This is from like second 25 all the way to the end of the minute. So almost 35 seconds of gratuitous mud application here with some nice, tunes playing in the background.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, right away, this is a one I called it the muddy one that goes from about the 25 second mark into the next couple of seconds to the next minute. So we're talking about a 37-ish second of just Dutch putting mud on his face. And it does kind of a fake out um, of a fade out, fade in, where uh, in previous minutes, they've kind of faded in and out of transitions and showing a little bit of a bow making montage where they put the tree in front of the camera. But in this case, it's like a little thin branch and the scene doesn't change. It doesn't cut away or anything like that. It's just him staring straight ahead, rubbing the mud all over his face really slowly really methodically really methodically
0: that's the right word yeah Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um the same way a soldier would apply some face paint in a helicopter say as you're getting ready to go do battle
1: yes Um, i was totally meaning to put that in my notes because that's exactly what i thought of when billy is putting on his face paint in the long tall sally chopper ride right right so we get a little call
0: back there that he's getting ready for a battle of a different type, and this time he's all by himself. Now, my question here was: He's uh, applying all this mud. It's dark outside. Clearly, is his plan to put all the on all the mud now, and then like take a snooze, or is this like is this early morning before the sun has risen, and he's getting ready for the day? And he's awake and going to be awake.
1: (laughs) I I think we're finally out of that notorious dusk. Like we've been in Mm. the dusk for I don't know how long. uh, Movie time. It it seems like it's been a lot longer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think he's just, he hasn't slept at all. He hasn't eaten at all. Something you brought up uh, a couple minutes ago. I think he's just ready to do battle. I think he's ready to really take it to the predator. I think he's being really efficient with his time and very efficient with his energy. If, if, if you want to save some energy maybe, right, put on your mud really slowly and, and not <laughs> right. rush through it. Yeah, yeah, he's getting second wind here. He's getting yeah. all prepped up and ready to go. Yeah.
0: And uh, he really does have like a mean mug going on. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of that squinty eyes. His, his lips never come apart. Kind of pursed lips the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, really
1: kind of a classic
0: Arnold face here.
1: Yeah, and I think like we've been saying all movie long, the the less spoken or thought words in a movie like this, the better. And we don't have anything. This is another dialogue-free minute. I think a lesser movie mm-hmm. would be putting thoughts into his head or like flashback clips of like the team and joking around and then dying. Because, you know, he's thinking about something. He has a mean mug on. And perhaps he's thinking more than just, I have to kill this predator. Maybe it's something about his fallen friends yeah if this was a
0: direct to video action movie there would definitely be some like quick cut flashbacks to all his comrades getting killed right here yeah but smartly instead they just let us sit in the silence and the score that's playing and just kind of be with arnold as we the audience kind of gets ready for the climax that's about to come Mm -hmm. very nice do we have anything to say? What's the? I was going to ask you. What's the? Uh, what's going on with the score here? Does this track, track. Uh, track. does
1: this track come up before? Or is this the first time we've heard this track? track. Uh, we've been hearing this track for the last couple of minutes. It's called Battle Plans, hmm. and it goes throughout this minute. It's doing a lot of work through this minute because as it cuts from Dutch to the Predator back to Dutch, it does have to add some of the sound effects that we've heard before with the Predator, um, namely that kind of staring into the void kind of sound, that kind of like Mm. kind of sound when the predator is examining the skulls and just loving those skulls before it cuts away from whatever he's going to do for those 15 seconds. Um, And then back to Dutch with just the main score called battle plans, uh, driving, uh, the movie. And this is the way I described it. It's kind of militaristic, militaristic beat with this, like kind of tune. Yeah. And kind of like on the snare drums, mixed with like those all throughout the movie, long high horns that. Da, na, na, na. It is
0: very militaristic. You're right. Like it, it, it sounds like the type of music you might hear in a Civil War movie, uh, mm. or a um, American Revolutionary War movie. You know, where where you have a a battle group that's hunched down, and they're getting, you know, dawn is coming, and they're getting ready to to head out it's it's a very very similar to that feel
1: don is coming the red goats the red goats are coming <laughs> shoot them in the eyes <laughs> cover ourselves in mud <laughs> oh still good here uh the, yeah the script calls him covering himself up in mud the earthen camouflage Hmm. Earth, camouflage. I, I, I like that little descriptor right there. I, I had to look up the word camouflage because I love my etymology. I love finding out the roots of words. And camouflage, it says, comes from the Italian and the French. The Italian camuffare, which means disguise or deceive, and the better French root, camouflet, which means the <laughs> whiff of smoke in the face. Oh, Camouflet. <laughs> That's a very so – a very French thing to do. Oh, yeah, uh, totally. I can picture French, you know, <laughs> a French person totally whiffing some smoke in my face. And then someone throws a baguette at your head. Oh, they oh, oh. oh. say, oh, because you are French. <laughs> You're not French. Uh, it gives a little root. This is when I Google camouflage. It gives a little root description. It says late 19th century sense disguise or concealment French from camouflet to disguise, originally thieves slang. Oh, you have to love something like that. came from Thieve, Thieve Talk. I love it. Love it. Yeah. yeah nice.
0: Fun.
1: Yeah. I did not know the root of camouflage. It says the military sense originated during the first world war, but we're not talking about military sense right here. I think we're talking good old fashioned, like primitive sense of camouflage. Camouflage. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You couldn't see me.
0: I was camouflage. I was, was kind fleur. Of <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. Well, have we done it? I I think we've done it. The last uh note I had was I think we've almost done it because the last note I had from McCommentary was him just saying that uh they sent the first cut of the movie with the missing pieces all storyboarded in to the studio, and the studio approved, said, Go ahead keep making the movie, make the remainder of the movie. Mm. Uh, What's the problem here in my commentary is that I don't know what scenes he's talking about or what was missing. Maybe that comes up in the next minute or two. Uh, So hopefully I can fill that in with the things that didn't fill in. But I, if I had to imagine if he doesn't say so later, I have to imagine that the pieces he's talking about missing when they did the first cut were all the things with the final Predator design in there. Ah,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And maybe some of the stuff like, well, I guess some of the special effects, of course, have to be added in later. But some of the mm. stuff with maybe the, the matte paintings uh, that yeah. we talked about or any, any of those types of shots. Sure. Yeah. Who knows? Cool, man. All right. Well, I think we did this minute justice. Total justice. Total justice. Total justice. Uh, shall we uh, get into some weekly recommends here?
1: sure yeah why don't you take us down the recommend hole first uh, drinking Ooh, boot? I'll take you right down the old recommend hole um,
0: <laughs> I'm going to do a quick recommend slash uh, shout out to uh, a website that I've talked about several times fthismovie.com and uh, <laughs>
1: you said you wouldn't
0: <laughs> I said I was going to do a quick a quick one I <laughs> I I lied um they are kicking off uh, when this episode comes out. It's probably going to be well into June, but um, uh, they are currently doing their month-long celebration of exploitation, grindhouse, and drive-in movies. They call it June Sexploitation. Um, and it's pretty fun. They have a calendar up with different categories of movies to watch every day. The idea is you watch a movie in that category, and then you can go to their website and engage in conversation on the message boards about what you're watching and see what other people are watching. And if you're a mm-hmm. movie nerd and you like these types of older, uh, trashy, sleazy grindhouse movies. Um, it's a pretty fun event. So if that sounds like something that would appeal to you, head on over to uh, FThisMovie.com.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The other thing I will recommend, I've been, uh, with all the things going on in the world right now, I've been watching a lot of comfort TV. Um, and my wife and I recently uh, started re-watching the short-lived but hilarious a TV show called Party Down. Have you ever watched Party Down, John?
1: Oh, you know, that's something I've always been meaning to watch past the first episode. But yeah, I I remember seeing all the people I know now who showed up in that show. I'm like, oh, I know who that is. I know who that is.
0: Yeah, I think it's been almost a decade now since it was on. Um, It was a Starz original series. And it Stars, um, Lizzie Kaplan and, uh, Oh shoot. I'm blanking. Ben. White, Adam Scott, Adam Jane Lynch. Scott, yeah. Um, Jane Lynch. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, and then tons of little small bit parts that are played by famous comedians and comedic actors that you would recognize now. Um, and it was a short lived show. It only lasted two seasons. Like I said, it was a star's original series, but man, it is hilarious. And, I think it didn't last because it was on Stars, didn't have a huge audience. Um, Mm -hmm. And then a lot of the people on the show became famous during the show. Like I know Adam Scott left the show to go do Parks and Rec. Um, Mm -hmm. Jane Lynch leaves the show in the middle to go do Glee, I think. Yeah. Um, But anyway, it is well worth watching. it's every episode is the setup is that Adam Scott and all this cast of characters they work for a catering company. And every episode is them doing a different catering job for a, some different event. Just the dialogue, the jokes, the cast of characters. Um, I mean, besides Adam Scott and Lizzie Kaplan, you have Martin Starr, who was one of the kids from Freaks and Geeks. Oh, um, yeah. And then he goes on to Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley, yeah. You've got Ken Marino, who was from like the state. Oh and a bunch of the other guys from the state occasionally pop up just it's an incredible cast and you wonder why this show wasn't more successful and i think it was just a moment in time uh on an obscure cable channel that a lot of people didn't have Uh, but anyway you can stream it on hulu or if you have a stars as part of your cable package you can on demand it from stars and uh it's been really really fun to rewatch it's it's hilarious so there's my official recommend party down party down dude yeah super fun very very much comfort tv awesome yeah do you have something to recommend for us this
1: week, John? I do, and I texted you right away. I, I don't know. I don't know if I had finished the movie or if I was in the middle of watching the movie, but uh, it was such a strong recommend for the show. I had to recommend it to you first. That's how you know it's really mm-hmm. strong. It's a movie called Hotel Artemis with Jodie Foster, uh, Batista, Jeff Goldblum, Zachary Quinto, uh, Sophia Boutella, uh, and a few other people you would know right away. Oh, Charlie Day. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, a couple other people. Oh, uh, 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 the guy from Us, or This Is Us, hmm. uh, Sterling Brown, Sterling K. Brown. Just a, a fantastic post-apocalyptic movie where, <laughs> wow, it's it's almost fitting now. Watch this, I think, a week ago before all the uh, protests and riots happened. Uh, but it takes place in the future, and there's some riots going on in kind of a dystopian setting, I guess. They don't give a lot of... Uh, background or information what's happening in the outside world mm. uh, but the main set piece is this hotel the hotel artemis run by the nurse jodie foster in this awesome role awesome character role uh who in the hotel is meant to be this place for the wounded to come to heal up and then get out basically uh, the best way i could describe it to someone else is like think about if you had a functioning hospital in the middle of Escape from New York, in New York, mm-hmm. that was really just meant to heal the injured and then boot them back out to the chaos, like this is the hotel that would exist in a mm-hmm. modern day setting. I think it's a, maybe a 2018 movie. I didn't have that wrong. Would you describe this as like an action film or... I mean, kind of. It's more like a, a lot of suspense leading to much like I was talking about with Hamlet towards this last act where you know all this stuff has to happen and somewhere at the or the other there's going to be some kind of fallout with characters clashing and with motives intersecting it didn't have the best reviews i saw later on on like metacritic and uh, rotten tomatoes Hmm. uh but i was pleasantly surprised and entertained while watching this movie i don't want to give a lot away other than kind of like the setting i was giving um but i really like the character work and i like the setting as it were I'm, i'm a fan when dystopian movies do it right and don't necessarily tell you everything that's going on and they really focus on the character work I I thought this movie Hotel Artemis really uh, hit that spot for me Nice, I'm going to have to check it out You
0: texted me when you watched it and you were like I think you'd like this and uh, I put it into my Prime Video queue and I have not yet watched it so I will do that
1: yeah you say I was the second person to recommend that to you
0: yeah someone I can't remember who but someone else like a day before you recommended it to me also said that they thought it would be something I'd like so that it must be it must be true
1: I was looking at the true exploitation list right now and seeing if it fit in any of those uh, honestly you'd have to go actually Free Space or Lethal Ladies oh Lethal Ladies nice Lethal Ladies
0: yeah and for Lethal Ladies, I kind of want to watch uh, an old Cynthia Rothrock movie. Do you know oh, yeah. Is? Yeah.
1: Am I thinking of
0: uh, Jim Cotta? Was she in Jim Cotta? Oh, she might have been. Yeah. She was like in the 80s, like direct to video action star. She's like pretty badass, um, but never really got real famous. Hmm. But if you look uh, if you just like go on YouTube and be like Cynthia Rothrock, like best fight scenes. There's some great uh, videos, uh, compilations of her. And she's, like, kind of amazing. She's pretty good.
1: Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. She was not in *Jim Cotta but she oh. was in a whole bunch of other movies. Yeah. Like, starting in 85 and still making them today, it looks like. With, wow. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her.
0: Yeah. She was apparently, like, a seven-time world martial arts champion.
1: That's what it says on her Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And then transition to movies. Pretty awesome. And once divorced. <laughs> that's not a movie title, that's just personal fact. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Cynthia Rothrock stars in once divorced. Divorced. <laughs>
0: in the second act, she collects alimony.
1: <gasps> the alimony collector.
0: <laughs> oh man, I watched uh, the sequel to the debt collector. This is just called Debt Collectors. Yeah, I was really looking you know, forward to that. I was a little disappointed by it, I have to admit. Yeah, I wanted a little bit more from it. Was Scott Atkins okay in it? Yeah, he was good in it. Like, the acting and the characters were good, but, you know, when in those movies, I kind of look forward to the different, like, set pieces and fight scenes, and I always like it when they kind of get creative in their fight scenes and throw in a couple car chases here and there, and there wasn't a lot of that. Like, there were some good fight scenes, but they all kind of seemed to be the same, Mm. Um, and it was a lot of just sort of like Scott Atkins faces off one on one with another person, and they're doing their fighting stuff, and the choreography is great and all, but it just wasn't as creative or interesting as I had hoped. Mm. And um, I honestly kind of got a little bored with it. So mm. yeah, so I don't know if I was if you wanted to watch it, I would just fast forward to each fight scene and enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. Long i don't know I, I was uh i was expecting a little bit more out of it mm, maybe my expectations okay. were too high maybe now that i've talked it down you'll watch it and enjoy it because
1: it'll be better than you thought i'm looking at scott Atkins wikipedia where it has like kind of the filmography halfway through and it says 2020 good news maybe he didn't like that but he has a whole list he has one two three four five six seven movies out uh, this year, including debt collectors, so you might want to check out any of those other ones.
0: Yeah, I, I will. Hardest working man in show business. My
1: God. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen him actually like work during his movies, you know
0: he's he's working. Yeah. He's awesome. I, I have nothing to take away from Scott Atkins. I you know, When you make so many movies, there's going to be some duds here and there. So uh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't as as fun as I had hoped I had hoped. Revenger okay. was, was better. Go go watch Revenger or Avengement. That's also good. I really Revenger. liked
1: I really liked Avengement. And Blue Yeah, Red. I liked Avengement too. That was it's so cool to see someone like him do a turn like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a fun one.
0: Okay. All right. Ooh, we went off there on a little recommend tangent.
1: Man, Scott Atkins, he would take apart the Predator. That would not even be fair. Yeah. I'd love to see <laughs> Scott Atkins, uh, fight the predator. That'd be great. He'd be like rubbing KY on himself just to make himself hotter. He's like, come <laughs> and, come and get me. get me. Yeah. And that kind of cool fake Cockney accent he does in a Benjamin. Right. He's rubbing Vaseline all over himself. Exactly. Make himself slippery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. I'd watch that. We would watch that. We'd probably break that down minute by minute. Absolutely, Absolutely. <laughs> Be a very short movie. <laughs> anyway, speaking of movies, Jeff, where can people find you? <laughs> what a terrible uh, segue! Come <laughs> on to
0: Twitter. Uh, Jeff Glover on Twitter. Carl underscore Hungus314. Come follow me there. My name is Carl been Expert. Where can we find all things Predator Minute, John?
1: Oh, geez. You'll find us on the Twitter. If you know if that's what's interesting to you, some movie talk, then good. You'll find us at, tw- <laughs> at Twitter. You'll find us <laughs> at Predator Minute. You can email this show, PredatorMinute, at gmail.com, or you can join the ever-growing, always-loving Facebook group, The Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. Target the center of the palapa. Target the center of the palapa. Target the center of the palapa. Yeah, we'd love to see it and would love to hear from you. Absolutely. Yeah, so for all things Predator Minute 85, I've been John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And until next time... stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around.